I'm so excited. I think that I might come too soon. <laughs> Terrific. Hey, I got 611 views on one of my Tic Tacs. Nice. The one with uh, me and Evelyn rocking, rocking to some of sugar. So Very good. my highest view count was on the weirdest video. Yeah, it was your the cracked window one. Yeah, the one the one like talking about my cracked window got six thousand two hundred. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. But only sixty six likes. I'm I'm glad you liked my TikTok earlier, Jonathan. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I definitely like. I the second I saw, I was like, "Fuck, he beat me." <laughs> I. I was gonna do I'm not a gun, but literally I started tearing up every time I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a gun. Oh man. All right. We ready for Yeah, let's do this. I think so. Um... <laughs> Terrific. Awesome. How's everyone doing this week? You know, it was a it was a long kind of week leading up to this lost weekend, but you know. I don't know. I feel good. It's Friday night here with you guys. Best place to be. We don't believe you, but thanks for saying it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, honestly, I look forward to it. I, I've been enjoying these last two days because I've been watching the Eat the Rich movement become something oh, yes. even better. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I, 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 love, I love meme culture and the fact that it made billionaires lose billions <laughs> just makes me so happy in my pants. <sighs> I've been enjoying these last two days because I purchased a ticket to Sundance. Oh yes, and I'm watching. Oh, you did? I haven't. I haven't. You know, figured that one out. Some of our listeners might not know. <laughs> one or two of them that may may not follow me on social media out of the the three. Fair. <laughs> so I think what just before this, you just finished John in the Hole. Yeah, I just finished John in the Hole, and I'm about halfway through on the count of three, but uh. Ironically, with the title, I did my math wrong and thought I was going to finish the movie before we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, watching indie films, thinking that they're going to be shorter. Yeah. So uh, by the time everybody hears this, my Sundance journey will have wrapped up. But currently here on Friday night, John of the Hole is my favorite film of the seven and a half that I've watched. Nice. Very nice. Uh, it was bizarre and made me uncomfortable. <laughs> and I liked it a lot. <laughs> cool. Very nice. Yeah, uh, I spent most of the week watching the 1945 pictures, but wherever I could. So, yeah, yeah, this. I had to. I pretty much had to shotgun them, and uh, I got through all five of the best picture nominees at least. Nice. nice. Yeah, I just um, uh, spent the day watching staged, and then schoolwork and schoolwork and child. Stage is so good. Yeah, stage is so good. I I appreciate you guys telling me about that because I had no idea. I mean, I'd seen some of their movies or or their videos earlier in quarantine that I. Yeah, showed Caitlin. It's like we're gonna watch this together. She's like, "Yes, absolutely." Oh, mascot of the podcast, Zaphod Beeblebrox, making Hello. himself known. I'm a Kavula. Oh, lay down. <laughs> okay, Have a lay down. All Take right. Well, nap. speaking of 1945 movies, uh, I think we got a little discussion topic oh, to yeah, go right? with real quick. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Lost Weekend being a film about a man who is struggling. Really, you guys, are just gonna keep going. <laughs> Struggling with dogs. Yeah, jeez. Lost Weekend being a film about a man struggling with alcoholism. Uh, I was wondering what other films uh, really spoke to you about different kinds of addiction, not just alcoholism, but any kind of addiction. 
I got a couple. Okay, go ahead. I'm, yeah. So I'm going to go with the obvious answer. The uh, the greatest movie to only watch once. <laughs> Requiem for a Dream, of course. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, like that one, just watching what addiction can do to people of all different types of life. Just God, that mom breaks my heart. Oh, yeah. Ellen Bernstein's so good in that movie. Oh, God, it's oh, so hard to watch. Um, and then Uncut Gems. Oh, with, with his addiction to uh, gambling, just and watching just how he just keeps letting it ride and just how much it, you know, it screws him. And then it just, oh, God. if you haven't seen Uncut Gems, watch Uncut Gems. It was the movie, yeah. I think, which I feel like is what caused us to start this. Or at least personally, I think. Because Adam Sandler got fucked. Yeah, not even hard. nominated. Mm. Yeah. I actually still haven't seen it, so I need to see it. You yes. need to see that you, film. Oh my God, you need to see that film. <laughs> it's so good. Zach, what, yeah. what do you bring to the table? Well, um, you know, I was spending a lot of time actually looking at some lists and some of my ratings, and I was like thinking about the word addiction. Like, there's so many you could get into the crossover of two obsessions, but I, I kind of tried to stay away from that and think more strictly about addiction, whether it was substance abuse or something like that. Um, Cause if I was going about obsession, I have plenty of home videos that would probably qualify. Um, that's it. <laughs> I was anyway. about to say <laughs> <laughs> my apologies. Uh, anyway, uh, basketball diaries is uh one that mm, struck me um, that's a good one uh i included boogie nights uh, uh there's a lot of multiple stories about addiction and stuff going on there mm -hmm. uh train spotting obviously oh. requiem for a dream like you said train spotting is one of my all-time favorite movies i think um other ones that are kind of borderline have a lot of drug use but maybe not specifically about addiction i'd say like Winter's Bone and Pulp Fiction and like City of God all kind of have a, the drugs are there and the culture is there like in the background throughout the whole thing. Um, I kind of said Mad Max Fury Road 2 sort of feels like one. Um, maybe if we're talking about the blood bags or something, I don't know. It's like there's something there. there and then there's a handful I really want to see like Drugstore Cowboy. I've wanted to see for the longest time, but I just haven't for some reason. You know, I've never seen Drugstore Cowboy either. Um, that one, right? Yeah. And then one that you so graciously gifted me. I haven't watched Sid and Nancy yet. I was going to bring up Sid and Nancy. I, it is probably, it is definitely my favorite Gary Oldman performance. It is your probably beautiful criterion copy. He holds up for yep. our listeners. The reason I gifted you yeah. a DVD, one of my first 10 DVDs. So I, I will cherish it. I hope you do. So, and the other one I need to see is Jason Schwartzman's cousin's uh, performance in Leaving Las Vegas. I haven't seen that yet, so I need to. Oh, the Oscar-winning film. Yeah. Yeah. So how about you, Paul? Well, you brought up Sid and Nancy, which I was going to go with. Um, I think uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is one of my favorite films. <sighs> so I'm not going to say that Hunter S. Thompson wasn't addicted to drugs. But you never got the feeling of addiction out of that movie. You just got a drug user. <laughs> oh, no. He, 
He abused drugs, but oh, was, a drug abuser. Yes. It wasn't really the drugs that he was addicted to. It was the lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it was, it was just that manic lifestyle. The, that, the that always on was. the go, the always up and rarely down. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's a really great documentary that, uh, I'm going to push. I think it's on Hulu. I think Hulu has like exclusive streaming rights to it called minding the gap. Oh, Mm. uh, absolutely. Check that one out. It's a, it's a story of addiction and abuse and it's a heartbreaking film. Mm. Uh, Absolutely love it. And it's about skateboard culture. So, okay. You know, you know, I love me some skateboard culture. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll cut it short there uh, because a couple of the ones that I wanted to bring up already got brought up and Hey, let's talk about a movie. Okay. Let's talk about that movie. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. And I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week, Zach? This week we're watching The Lost Weekend, which is a deep look at the trappings of alcoholism through the film noir lens that also warns of the dangers of keeping bats as household pets <laughs> you know in 1989 they'll dispel that myth with batman when batman sees a bat in a cage and says they make excellent pets yes yeah <laughs> was this everybody's first time seeing this film yes sir no i actually watched this in june before we started the podcast and i was like i'm gonna start watching best picture movies <laughs> And I randomly selected that one as one of the first ones I watched. This is uh, the first time I've seen this film. And being a fan of Billy Wilder, I am. I'm very sad about that fact. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get us an Oscar breakdown. Okay. Okay. So the most nominations on the night goes to the sequel to last week's film, Going My Way, (laughs) Bells of St. Mary's. Uh, gets eight nominations, but The Lost Weekend walks away with the most at four. Hmm. Nice. Uh, it's, of course, best best motion picture, which beats out Anchors Away, The Bells of St. Mary's, Mildred Pierce, and Spellbound. Hmm. Uh, Billy Wilder wins Best Director. Ray Milland wins uh, Best Actor. So it's got top three Oscars there. Yeah. Uh, best actress goes to Joan Crawford for Mildred Pierce, and she earned that award. Let me tell you what. Hell yes. Uh, best supporting actor goes to James Dunn for A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Uh, best supporting actress goes to Anne Revere in National Velvet. Best original screenplay goes to Marie Louise. Best screenplay goes to The Lost Weekend, so. Lost Weekend's done taking home awards now. Uh, Best motion picture story goes to the house on 92nd Street, so we still don't know what's going on with these (laughs) writing awards. 
Uh, best documentary feature goes to The True Glory. Surprise, surprise, everyone. That is a war film. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> best documentary short subject goes to Hitler Lives. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Is that with Which an is... exclamation point? No, there's no exclamation okay. point there. I put it there. <laughs> I thought I'd do like that news roll. Hitler Lives! <laughs> Good, because I'm, I'm thinking of writing a book called chivalry lives with an exclamation point so I, i'm glad it doesn't okay good good uh best live action short subject one reel goes to stairway to light best live action short subject two reel goes to a star a star in the night there's no a there i'm sorry i almost put the one there. Hmm. best short subject cartoons goes to quiet please that one did have an exclamation point you didn't that does have an exclamation point i didn't put one there because i was confused at <laughs> why the breakdown for on Wikipedia doesn't have any of the nominees names on it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Zach, you can run and tell your amazingly hot wife that quiet please is another Tom and Jerry short winning best cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching anchors away. And when that dance scene comes up with Jerry, she, she's oh fuck. And she, (laughs) but she's like, okay, at least it's not one of the Tom and Jerry chasing each other cartoons. So, so that was supposed to be Mickey Mouse. Oh, that's why Jerry talks in the movie because they wrote it as Mickey Mouse. Okay, but, but when they went to animate it, apparently, uh, good old Walt changed his mind and mm. said, "No, we're not yeah. doing that anymore." Okay. Uh, speaking of Walt Disney, I guess I should do Walt Disney Oscar watch. Yeah. And I've already given away that he lost this one, but Donald's crime. Uh, gets nominated for best short subject cartoon. So that's two year, two three years running now. That three years, yeah, three years running now that he has lost best cartoon. Was all three to Tom and Jerry? I believe so. I think yeah, it has been. Okay, I need to make a note. I need to amend a note that we just had. Uh, according to my big book of Oscar trivia, it's not Hitler lives with an exclamation point. It's Hitler lives with a question mark. <laughs> Nice. I'm on Burgundy. Yes. Um, what was the question? Was it all three Tom and Jerry? Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, Donald's crime. And this is the follow up yeah. to where he, um, yeah. <laughs> before he was fighting uh, the Nazis, they found out he committed some horrible crimes. Well, he was Mount stealing. Rubble, uh, directed by treasure. Fred Quimby, won the year before. So that's, uh, that's three years in a row he's lost to Tom and Jerry. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Donald comes back with like precious Nazi artwork and plates and shit. <laughs> Scalps. Okay. Uh, best scoring of a dramatic or comedy picture goes to Mikolos Rosas, who uh, did the music for Lost Weekend, but won for Spellbound. Oh, which I'm a little bummed about because in my uh, in my notes, Lost Weekend was the first film to feature the theremin. In a score. The very first? The very first. Wow. I do love me some theremin. Because it becomes more of a staple in uh, film scores in like the 1950s with uh, with B science fiction pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, apparently uh, Miklos Rosas decided, oh, you know what? Let's put theremin in this. I bet that would sound cool. <laughs> and it did. Yeah. And the score to this movie rules. <laughs> But anyway, so he wins for Spellbound, which 
is also an incredible score. Yes, it is. But didn't have any theremin. Yeah. Boo. Give some, uh, you best, take some. Yeah. Best scoring of a musical picture goes to Anchors Away, because that film's incredible. Uh, best original song goes to It Might As Well Be Spring from State Fair, making Oscar Hammerstein II the first Oscar to win two Oscars. Also, okay. the only first to Yeah. <laughs> so it's Oscar Hammerstein, the second Oscar. Nice. Gotcha. Uh, best sound recording goes to Bell's St. Mary, which is a shame because that movie shouldn't have been nominated for anything. <laughs> best art direction, interior direction, black and white goes to Blood on the Sun. Ooh. Best art direction, interior decoration, color goes to Frenchman's Creek. Best cinematography, black and white goes to the picture of Dorian Gray. Best cinematography color goes to Leave Her to Heaven. Best film editing goes to National Velvet, uh, beating out Lost Weekend. I've been really bad at keeping up with what Lost, Lost Weekend lost, because it also lost Best Cinematography. And Best Special Effects goes to Wonder Man. Okay. Um, honorary awards for the year. Walter Wagner for his six years service as president of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences. Thank you, Walter. Thank you. The House I Live In, Tolerance, Short Subject, produced by Frank Ross, Mervyn Leroy, directed by Mervyn Leroy, screenplay by Albert Maltz, song The House I Live In, music by Earl Robinson, lyrics by Lewis Allen, starring Frank Sinatra, released by RKO Radio. All right. I'm going to have to check this out. <laughs> um, and Republic Studio, Daniel J. Bloomberg, and the Republic Sound Department for Building of an outstanding musical scoring auditorium, which provides optimum recording conditions and combines all elements of acoustic and engineering design. Terrific. And the Academy gives out a juvenile award to Peggy Ann Garner, who in 1945 was in a tree grows in Brooklyn, which is what she wanted for. She was also in Knob Hill and junior miss. I've always heard so much about tree grows in Brooklyn, the book. I didn't realize there was a movie so long ago. Yeah, 1945. There we are. Okay, so that's our Oscar breakdown. Thank you kindly. Now let me get up the National Film Registry facts. Ooh, this film is in the National Film Registry. That actually kind of surprises me. Oh, yeah? But it makes me happy. A film that won Best Picture? I mean, have they all so far? No, they, they haven't. Uh, and would you like to guess what year it went in mm, i'm gonna go with 95 i'm gonna go with 99 you would both be very wrong it was 2011 mm. oh okay jonathan i was hoping you were gonna go yeah i was gonna try for a streak yeah <laughs> <laughs> combo breaker all right so uh other films from 1945 that get in it's not a very long list this week uh the battle of san pietro a documentary gets in in 91 detour gets into 1992 the house i live in short subject that apparently was good enough to also get a uh, honorary award goes into 2007 leave her to heaven gets in mildred pierce goes in mom and dad uh, congrats mom and dad yeah good job i'm, I'm proud of them uh story of gi joe uh the tree grows in brooklyn VE plus one, so that's a that's victory over Europe, uh, which uh, happened in I say June of 1945, mm. uh, and then uh, Walk in the Sun, 
you, you didn't say spellbound, huh? I did not say spellbound, which makes me kind of angry because that is probably my favorite Hitchcock film. Mm. Hmm. Well, all right then. All right then. So mm. that's oh. our uh, national film registry. Thank Excellent. you. So let's go ahead and talk about the last weekend here. Um, Let us. So couldn't get a beat on it, but uh, I liked this movie. I really like this movie. Yeah. yeah. I really do also. I, um, yeah. Some other comments that I'll make a little later, reserve those for our worsty judgment moments. But sure. Yes, I, now, I did. Now I messaged something to the group and, and you guys are going to have to keep me from this. <laughs> okay. But there's a moment in this film I am so entirely obsessed with. I will turn this entire episode into nothing about this one moment in the movie. Okay. Well, what is it? It's somebody stole a purse. <laughs> Everybody, somebody stole a purse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is so wonderfully random and <laughs> sudden. <laughs> I... I went on YouTube and found that clip and watched it like 70 times. (laughs) I had such a hard time explaining it to Leanne that I had to just show it to her. I was like, I'm doing very bad at this. Just watch this weird ass moment. So everything up to this moment is kind of somber and and somewhat serious. (laughs) And suddenly he tries to steal this woman's purse. They kick him out of a restaurant and guy playing piano starts singing about it. Like, let's cut the tension, I guess, so this guy doesn't get killed. Hey! <laughs> do, do you have any knowledge as to whether that existed as a ditty or, or a song anywhere before this? Or was it <laughs> no. Uh. no, no, I don't, but oh my god, it <laughs> Just the most amazing moment in yeah. Oh yeah. If we hadn't already watched Casablanca, I would say it's the most amazing moment that's happened in any movie movie we've watched, but <laughs> we watched Casablanca and every moment in that movie's amazing. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I liked it, but it was no hooray bubbles or milk. <laughs> it was yeah. it was all that more to me. <laughs> They're a trio of wonderful moments that hover above us like angels. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, I really liked this film. I, uh, you know, when I, I read the description and, hey, this was a less than two hour long movie, too. It came in at yeah. like 140. Yep. Yeah. Um, which I felt the pacing of this movie was perfect. I, mm. I, I didn't feel it rushed or slowed down at any moment. Uh, the flashbacks were done well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, this this film, I don't, you know, am I going to put it in my top five? Probably not. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's, it's up there. Honestly, it, it, it was one of those ones that it, it dragged in a couple moments for me. And while the structure was fine and all the performances were really good, it, it was just one of those films. Where like, I, I like this film. I like it a lot. I don't, yeah. I don't love this film. And uh, I, uh, I'm not going to rush to rewatch it anytime soon. Sure. Uh, I, I, so a few of the performances I want to talk about first off is uh, uh, Howard De Silva was the bartender. Nat, That's I believe um, he was amazing, but he had just this one moment that I'm like, is he actually telling him to go kill himself? Right. Or is he, 
<laughs> trying to motivate him. Like it, it, it could be read either way. Yeah. Like, if you're a garbage I, human, go kill yourself. Well, I think it, it kind of comes across that both the bartender and his brother have just put up with his shit for so long that they're finally like, fuck it. If you kill yourself, we don't care anymore. Yeah. yeah so the brother, I kind of get. Like, the yeah. brother was just like, you know, hey, you know, this guy has been, I've been taking care of him forever, you know, and I'm just done. I'm done, done, and done. Yeah. Yeah. But the bartender was just like, hey, I just kind of, watched you mess with one really hot chick and then another <laughs> hot chick came around and you messed with her too and you're kind of a dick go kill yourself yeah <laughs> all right well <laughs> cool yeah but, i hear you um which also oh doris dowling in this movie uh-huh. <laughs> just yeah. especially her first scene in that dress she was wearing um i had sent a message it's like i don't know if it's just how how older movies were filmed or if it's the black and white, mm. the way that eyes are filmed on these gorgeous women, just yeah. the no eye look gets me every time. Every time. Yeah. Jane uh, Wyman is a beautiful woman too, but yeah. Doris Dowling, she's a, oh God. She got that bad girl edge to her. Yeah. Though. Yeah. I was gonna say Jane Wyman's definitely the one she was she was cast to be the girl next door and yeah. Uh Doris Dowling is definitely supposed to be the the more bombshell of the of the women and the uh the noir side of things yeah despite her complete overuse of the word ridic ridic <laughs> natch i i like that that they make a thing about it though so yeah why, why do you gotta why do you gotta cut all the words off yeah what's with the abbreviations yeah um so i'm also torn on the ending of this film uh, there was a couple of moments where, and once again, this is where I have the issue of like, all right, this is a movie from 1945. So there's really not a lot that you can say is cliche mm. for that time because there's just not been enough films to make it a cliche. Yeah. But I half expected him to shoot um, Jane Wyman in the end, accidentally with the gun. I half expected it because I was like, this kind of seems where this film should end. Yeah, mm. it it's definitely a Hayes Code thing because apparently the the book has a much more depressing ending. See, and mm. that was what I was expecting. Was some like I'm not saying the dude should have killed himself. Yeah, but I was expecting some sort of tragedy to end this. Like he does, this guy deserve any redemption at all, and I don't see it. Like, I think, you know, obviously you should always hope for the best for everybody, but this guy has just dragged everybody, everybody around him down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what good is he? What good has he done for anybody? I don't know. Maybe it's a little cold, but I can, I can. <laughs> I know. I know. And I, I just, just going by narrative structure and how things, yeah, yeah, and, 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 and you know, look at the other characters. Like, who would be you know better off? Obviously, Jane Wyman's character would be better off without him. Yeah, you're talking about cliches and tropes and things, you know, yeah, and things like that. But you know, the woman saving the emotionally damaged man and stuff. But yeah, but yeah. I, I just. But at the same time, I still enjoyed the chemistry of those two characters because, like, you get the small things, like how she always flips his cigarette for him and the 
bend over for the kiss thing as I thought was really cute. And yeah, the, the first time they did it, I was like, I hope they do this a little bit more in the movie. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And she was so, firm and tough with him. She wasn't a pushover or anything. So I'm glad. Exactly, that, yeah. She wasn't just like, I can't live without you. She was very, no, you need to live with you so that we can do a thing. Yeah. But right. I, I, I just, I wanted better for her because in which, you know, could be said, that's how that's a well-written, like you want something better for this character. You're invested yeah. in that character. So. Yeah. I, I, I put that as a credit point towards the writing of that film. Can we, can we talk for a moment about how amazing that bat was? <laughs> and his scream too <laughs> oh god it was god. it was so good oh god. like the screams in this movie were so good i don't know what it is about this though you get the first one with the guy who thinks what is it squirrels or the was it the beetle the, guy or the, or the squirrels and then the beetles guy maybe yeah oh, the beetles that's what it was beetles and then you get a second scream from somebody else that's in the hospital wing with them and it's like those are really good screams i don't know why i'm just enjoying those yeah, I think that, it's because I'm so fucking tired of the goddamn Wilhelm scream and everything. Right. That when you hear other screams, it just sounds better. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that <laughs> the bat was amazing though. Uh, that poor yeah. mouse. That poor mouse. <laughs> Never saw it coming. Just chilling there, <laughs> hanging out. Really funny. Uh, I was watching this, and uh, Jaylee comes home. And that's what she comes to as she walks to <laughs> the door is the blood dripping down the wall. She's like, the hell are you watching with our daughter? I'm like, this really isn't what this movie's about. Literally nothing else in this movie is like this. You just happen to come in at this moment. <laughs> kind of slightly off topic, but just I noticed there was a lot more kind of weird avant-garde moments in movies this year than things we've seen. Um, yeah. Like with the dolly scene and um spell down and the, and then the dolly oh god it's so good <laughs> that dream sequence is amazing yeah I, I forget what a couple other ones i was thinking of but there's just like weird shit that i didn't expect it's like oh that's pretty cool for 1945 i know paul's a huge sucker for dream sequences mm. i i'm i'm a huge sucker for well done dream sequences yeah. i'm yeah. i'm I'm not really into like the whole it was a dream the whole time. Yeah. 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 No, but, like I just remember like when we would sit and watch the Sopranos and you would get those dreams. And those dream sequences were all amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the I one where he's get... like Oh, go on. No, I still get the creeps every time I see or hear like the fish talking like big pussy. <laughs> I I really like the the one in his dad's car with the song from Wizard of Oz. Oh yep. You're out of the woods, you're out of the woods, you're in the lie. <laughs> that show's so good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, what else about this film? Because I feel like we're not really giving this movie enough justice here. Like, you know, I, once again, it's I, not a middling film. No, it isn't. I loved Ray Milland in this film. I think he carries it so well. He just does so much work for this film. Yeah. yeah. Drunk and, and, acting is hard to not make it goofy goofy or hammy and yeah he, yeah yeah and he and he toes that line and apparently his career before this was like as a heartthrob in a bunch of romantic comedies mm. and people were pretty sure this was going to ruin his career oh wow, wow. good for uh, him yeah good. and he knocks it out of the park that yeah. that scene where he's trying to 
find a pawn shop to get rid of his typewriter is oh god just one of the most damaging scenes i've seen like yeah it's so good yeah i just love the uh the back and forth it's yom kippur what if we have a deal we're not open on our we don't open on saint patrick's day <laughs> funny joke very funny it was good stuff yeah i think um i think it's a very significant movie uh you look at all the people like he passes those ladies in the street. That's the nice young man that drinks or whatever. It's like, I, it feels like it wasn't something talked about as much as, you know, we're these days, we're always more open about talking about emotional health and addiction and drugs and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So for this to be such a prominent picture and be so awarded, um, and for somebody who's, you know, I'm sure we all have people that we've seen addiction and alcoholism have effects on. It's in some ways this is almost the glamorous version, as horrible as it is. It's like he's feels so artistic and thoughtful and stuff when he's doing it, versus mm-hmm. you know, I've seen where it just so makes people angry I... and violent and down in the hole and not anything but stewing. And eventually he gets there, of course. But well, see, and that's what actually where I think they were kind of doing that on purpose because a lot of this movie was in kind of his point of view. So he Uh, saw himself as a, he's like, you know, I play pool better when I'm drunk. You know, you, you hear that a lot of, and he thought that that was what did it for him. It's like, yes, the the muse was the creature, but you're, you need to look at everything else around him and realize that no, it's not glorifying at all because it literally is destroying everything else around him even when he's at that like good drunk you see it like when he's at the bar yeah he's not doing any damage he's happy he's talking but he's already late he's already caused damage to his girlfriend to his brother yeah even even when he all you can see is him in that happy mood yeah right so i i feel like they did that really well and you know, not knowing anything about this movie going in, I saw, I was like, all right, it's about a guy who's just a drunk. It's like, without, it wasn't for the fact that I knew this movie was a best picture. I was like, oh, is this kind of like a precursor to reefer madness almost? Like, what's this really going to be about? Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, to find out that, you know, they did it so well. Like, something like this could be shown now to see, hey, this is what it does. Is it harming him? Yes. You don't really see that outside of like when he falls on the stairs and he's put into the hospital, but you're seeing the damage around him. Yeah. Right. So he's like, he's in his bubble, but everybody else is just cracked because of it. So I, I, I feel like that's, that was the point to see. Yeah. So I thought they did that really well. Definitely. All right. Well, do you uh, gentlemen have any more notes on the film? Uh, I don't have any notes on the film, but I do have uh, a couple notes I missed in my Oscar breakdown. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot to tell you who hosted. Oh yes, of course. Uh, James Stewart and Bob oh. Hope hosted. Oh, nice. what a duo. What That's a that. duo. That sounds like it could have been funny. Um, the Oscars are no longer plaster. They go back to the bronze. Oh, very okay. nice. And, um, Joan Crawford was pretty sure she wasn't going to win. So she called in sick. And when she won, they brought her, her Oscar in bed. <laughs> there are pictures we should post one yes yes oh, okay let me look at that 
Joan Crawford in bed with Oscar. Yep, I see it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's great. It's amazing. Good stuff. So um, those are my notes. And apparently Bing Crosby was pretty sure he wasn't going to win two years in a row. So he just didn't show up. <laughs> Did and Bob Hope give him shit again? Bob Hope was clearly miffed by his absence, but was placated with a mini Oscar for his exceptional service to the Academy. Very nice. And this is the first, uh, like you mentioned, V Day, so the first Oscars with the war officially over, too. And we got the yep. bronze so these back. Would have, so, yeah. These would have taken place in 1946. Uh, so we're about half a year past the war. Both VE and VJ Day have happened. Hmm. All right. The war's All right. Over. Nope. What? I said the war's over. The war's over. Well, that's a good thing. I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll see exactly how good a thing that is next week. Yeah. We get there. <laughs> All right, guys. So I think it's now time for our worsty judgments. So, Zach. <laughs> yes, sir. Does this movie deserve best picture? So, uh, yeah. So this is where I was holding back um, some of my comments from earlier. Like, I was very happy that I could watch. Um, I watched four out of the five. The one I did not watch was Bells of St. Mary because I was like, I don't care enough about the first movie to watch the sequel. And Paul will tell us about it, I'm sure. So thank you for your sacrifice. <laughs> but <laughs> so I watched Mildred Pierce, uh, which was amazing. Um. I watched Spelltown, which was also amazing and free on YouTube if anybody wants to watch it. So that was sweet. Um, watch Anchors Away, which I really liked, but it was maybe a little long for my taste, but it was, it was really good. Lots of incredible music. And then I watched Brief Encounter also, which was an hour and 20 minute. Um, Noel Coward. It just, so you're, so you're saying you and that movie had a brief encounter? <laughs> we did. We did. And it, you know, <laughs> it's about an affair. So it's very, uh, you know, kind of tense and sad. And But it's so good, too. So my point in saying all that is that I feel like this year was kind of a toss up. I would have been fine with any of those movies, maybe outside of Anchors Away. Um, so I have a hard time saying no. So. I guess, yes, I'm fine with it winning. Well, like I said, any of the others would have been fine, too. Okay, cool. Uh, Paul, did this movie deserve Best Picture? I'm kind of with Zach on this one. Uh, my note in here is I'm on the fence about it because <laughs> I think it's a good, it's a really good movie. Uh, my my biggest problems are I think Mildred Pierce is incredible. Mm. Uh, Spellbound, I, of course, I already said is probably my favorite Al Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock film and definitely would have been my pick for Best Picture that year. Uh, Anchors Away, uh, Sinatra and Gene Kelly never made a bad movie together. Mm. All three of their films that they did together are, as far as I'm concerned, perfect. My favorite one of theirs is On the Town from 1949, but I don't, I don't think that gets nominated for Best Picture. And I guess we'll mm. find that out soon. Uh, and then Bells of St. Mary sucks. <laughs> uh, it was better than the first one. Because it had Ingrid Bergman. Because it had Ingrid Bergman. Now, I have a problem with Ingrid Bergman in that movie because she's playing a nun. Yeah. I'm not saying there aren't attractive nuns or there weren't attractive nuns, but 
when you cast Ingrid Bergman as a nun, you're making a statement. <laughs> just how that's just what I believe. And my that statement was true. that person is a pervert to cast her. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> he is a dirty sex pervert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my review for Bells of St. Mary on Letterboxd is there is a whole plot point where two men decide to lie to a nun about her tuberculosis diagnosis. Uh, One of the priests. God. The fuck? Um, wow. Okay. There's so so does she have it and they tell her she doesn't? Or they're like, you that's do exactly what happens in this movie. Ingrid Bergman's character gets tuberculosis and the doctor goes. She's so happy and jovial. Do you really want to bring her down by telling her she has tuberculosis? Yeah. And Bing Crosby just goes, yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> what? <laughs> Does she die shortly after? No, they send her to another parish. She's healed with holy water. That's how the movie ends. They're just like, oh, well, you got tuberculosis. So Bye. get out of here. <laughs> Great. Glad I didn't watch it. Yikes. No, it's bad. And like I said, I liked it better than the first one. And that's <laughs> that that was my takeaway from the whole thing. Uh, there's also a scene where Ingrid Bergman, as a nun, teaches a kid how to fight. And the kid punches her square in her fucking jaw. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, so anyway, uh, long story short. I'm fine with this winning best picture, I guess deserves if we're just going to say deserves. Sure. It deserved best picture. Do I think it's the best film of the year? No. Okay. Fair enough. Um, being the filthy casual that I am, this is the only movie, um, outside of, I'm pretty sure I've seen house of Dracula at least once in my life. Uh, <laughs> but am I going to say that's going to win best picture now? Uh, but yeah, no, I really like this film. I think it deserves I mean, just message alone. It's it's nice to see that. So yeah, I'd say best picture. Yeah. Okay. I think if you like this, you would also like Mildred Pierce, and that was uh, was that on HBO Max? Yeah, that was on yeah. HBO Max. Nice. I'm gonna have to check that one out. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we'll snake this one here. Uh, Jonathan, do you think that this is the worst best picture? Nope. It's not Gone with the Wind. So it's uh, instantly better. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I put this on the upper half of the movies that mm-hmm. that I like. So, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Paul, is this the worst best picture? No, no, not even close. I I think this is a real good movie. Uh, out of the eighteen that we watched, it is currently sitting at my number nine. Hmm. Nice. So, so it is right there at the half point. Nice. And Zach, yeah, is I'm... the worst best picture? No, it's it's right there in the middle for me too. So I think we're all kind of in consensus on that. So, nope, it's not. Excellent, uh, Paul. Did you do your homework? I did do my homework. Excellent. So anything should have been nominated. Um, House of Dracula. <laughs> House of Dracula, obviously. Um, honestly, the biggest problem I have with this year is I didn't see very much. But uh, I guess I'm definitely dropping Bells of St. Mary. I like the other four that are nominated. So if I had to replace Bells of St. Mary, I guess I'm going with Picture of Dorian Gray. Uh, yeah, I'd, um, 
I haven't seen that one yet, but I that's want a- to. I'd I'd highly suggest Brief Encounter. That's the one I'd switch out for. Switch out for um, Bells of Saint Mary. Okay, but it I think it's maybe too scandalous for the Academy. Maybe probably. Yeah. So that's that's just kind of where I'm sitting. Bells of Saint Mary gets booted. And I <laughs> I'm almost certain that anything that got nominated this year that wasn't Bells of Saint Mary deserved that nomination in its place. Yeah. And this was the year Dick Tracy was uh, with uh, Morgan Conway as Dick Tracy. Oh, mm-hmm. some some serials. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So yeah. All right, guys. Well, oh, I think whoop, one a... one other thing uh, that yeah. I just, <laughs> I always appreciate a good barber's pole, and uh, this movie had a nice barber's <laughs> pole. I mi- I miss them in real life. Now you you don't see them very often. There's always yeah. like a drawing or a painting or maybe one inside, but you don't get them on the street. Yeah. Nope. Makes me sad. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll call it there. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Altorn underscore Occam. You can find me also on Twitch at twitch.tv where I play video games at twitch.tv slash Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? you can follow me on Critiker. Zach Master spelled with an X, X A K K M A S T E R. I'm on TikTok too now. I think my uh, tag is Havoc House because I <laughs> I created the TikTok with um, making videos of the kids in mind. Like we're going to do the Havoc House, e kid videos. But instead, I'm doing stupid stuff myself. So yeah, like sweatpants <laughs> dancing. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Well, there you go. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxed at Father of the Fear. Check out my letterbox to where I am ranking these films and also uh, the films that I see of the year 2021, including everything I've been watching on Sundays. Yay! So, I like lists. They make me happy. Uh, so, what are we watching next week? Zach. Next week, we are watching The Best Years of Our Lives, which you can find on Amazon Prime iTunes or free on Pluto TV. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. You can follow the show on Twitter at Oscar Worsity Pod and on Facebook at The Oscar Worsity Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. For Jonathan and Sam, I would like for you all to have a damn fine day.